Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. I want you to turn to John 3, 14. Uh, I'm going to read through 17. John 3, real quickly here. We have a lot of material to cover. Today we're talking about redemption realities. You could say redemptive realities. But we're talking about redemption. In other words, Christ bought us with a price. The price of his blood and his broken body. Amen? I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed studying on this. Over the years, I've got a lot of teaching and heard a lot of ministry along this line, but not until you delve into it and begin to study it, and when you, especially when you teach it. You understand what I mean, Pastor Don, Pastor Carla? When you teach it, then you know you've got to teach it right. And when you're, uh, I, I've been studying on, you know, the law, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, and, and, and uh, just, just learning a lot of things that I've been taught, but I'm putting them in chronological order because the, the, the books of the Bible in the Old Testament are not in chronological order, if you've noticed. And we've got to teach our children the stories, the Old Testament stories. You might say, well, we don't need those. Well, you're going to learn today that we do. But honestly, this, this lesson might go into two different sessions, depending on if I feel like I'm going to cover certain things. But like we said, we're uh, preparing uh, this material weekly to put into book form. And I'll also uh, be putting some of Pastor Jay's material. He did some excellent teaching. Of course, he's my Bible school at home. You know, uh, he, he, well, here at church too, I, I love his ministry and teaching. As a matter of fact, we've talked about some of these things, and he's helped me understand certain things. Uh, but we're putting this in book form, and, and in the book, there's going to be much more extensive. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break it down and just pinpoint things, particularly that will help you receive healing right now. Amen. Amen. Uh, we need to have a heart to get a foundation to understand and perceive. We've been talking about that in meditation, understanding, perceiving, so that we can get more understanding and perception. And why do we need that? Because when you have understanding and perception, then it will work for you. Amen. Amen. Uh, you have to understand by faith, if you know what I mean. But you'll get more if you delve into the Word of God, when you meditate on it, when you're sitting at the edge of your chair uh, looking at it, and then you'll start to understand, oh, oh, Christ died for me. You don't have to understand how uh, the power is working, just that it is. Amen. So John 3, are you there yet? Verse 14, it, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, let me stop real quickly here. This is a type and shadow from the Old Testament. Again, we need these types and shadows, and I'm going to be teaching on more of that more extensively uh, a little bit later or possibly next week. We'll see. Uh, but we need these types and shadows because uh, these types were in samples or examples of Christ who is what we call the anti-type. Uh, the anti-type is, in other words, he was foreshadowed by examples. Uh, you need to know about the types and shadows in the Old Testament if you're going to minister to a Jew and get him saved. And Pastor Jay and I were talking about that. He taught uh, a message along this line in the healing night on Monday night. Uh, I think it was that last year. Do you all remember that? He taught on types and shadows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just excellent. Praise the Lord. I haven't had time to go back and listen to that, but I will more extensively. Uh, but anyway, 
And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, that was a type and a shadow of Christ being lifted up on the cross and taking the sin uh, of, of mankind, okay? Moving right along, reading uh, the rest of that scripture. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we're going to be recapping some things because you need to hear it over and over again. Uh, if we say it, it's important, so we need to say it again. And we're not just talking about eternal life or life forever or life just in heaven, but we're talking about the God kind of life, that life power, that cure of healing power that's working in you. Amen. Just like right now in your seat to yourself, if you're saying, this is working life to me. It's just like taking a medication bottle off the counter, opening it up and popping some pills, and it's working for you. Amen. We're popping goss pills. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Romans 8.11. Turn there real quick. Romans 8.11. I'm going to start reading here. But if this, you might want to write down the scriptures. Don't want to lose you. But listen very attentively, okay? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And again, we've talked about life. It means to revitalize, make alive, give life, quicken. Uh, life that heals and makes whole, okay? Let's go back, uh, well, just uh, think back to John 3. It talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall, have, uh, shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but why? That they might be saved. And we've talked about that all-inclusive word, saved, that's just the verb, uh, the noun would be salvation. But saved means heal, preserve, save, do well, be or make whole, heal, keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, one suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction. So basically, whatever you need. It's all inclusive. And we've been saying it over and over, but I want to drill it into you. Just like when the group went to Mexico on the missions trip, it was all inclusive. The meals, the room, everything, the usage of the beach, unless you went to a certain restaurant down the way, that, that didn't include your package. You had to get some dinner there. You had to buy dinner there in order to use their beach. Uh, but in our package, everything within a certain radius was all inclusive or it was included. Okay, so salvation includes whatever you need. And we've heard about threefold redemption. In other words, Christ took our sin, but he also took our poverty, and he also took what? Our sickness. But he took everything that falls under, the, uh, under destruction. Anything you're dealing with. Amen. So that's redemption. And redemption and salvation, well, that, that's salvation actually, but let's talk about redemption because this is a class on redemption or redemptive realities. Uh, redemption and salvation are basically saying 
the same thing. Redemption was he bought us with a price, okay? Let's go to Romans 3, verse 21. If you don't understand these things, how can they work for you? I guess I should say, if you don't understand them enough to apply them to your life. Like, like I said, you don't have to understand. I mean, we don't have to understand how the light's working behind the scenes. All I know is it's working. We just need to know how to turn on the switch. All right? So if you want to get in here and know about the engineering of light, go ahead. But it's not going to help me. All I know is turn on the switch. So we're learning how to turn on the switch and receive from God's power in our lives. People get too mental and try to figure everything out, and they miss. It's like the nose, you know, on the front of their face. They miss the main thing. Just receive by faith. He died for us. He took it. All right? It's real simple, so don't make it hard. Uh, So Romans 3, verse 21, God's righteousness through faith. Right, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. We're, we're going to be talking about the Old Testament law some uh, because it has a big part to play in redemption. Uh, again, moving right along. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference for All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, my paper is sticking together, by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So again, if we want to understand what redemption means, well, we can go to the Bible and find that out, can't we? Uh, The definition for that is Christian salvation. So redemption and salvation are basically saying the same thing. When you've been redeemed, you've been saved. All right? Same thing. Deliverance, redemption, releasing, effect, effect, release affected by payment of ransom. Deliverance. Well, that's what salvation is. Liberation procured by the payment of a ransom. All right? Jesus paid the price. Uh, of our sin and sickness and poverty and lack and destruction. What does propitiation mean? It just means an atoning victim. In other words, a propitiation, propitiation by his blood, the atoning of a victim's blood put on the mercy seat. That's what that was talking about. But Jesus' blood fulfilled that forevermore. No longer did they have to put that on the mercy seat, but uh, his blood took that place. All right, Galatians 3. Let's turn there real quick. So let's not get caught up in terms. It's really good to go through Hebrew and Galatians with the Strong's Concordance and look up these words. Don't be afraid of these books. Uh, The way they're written, it's not always that easy to understand. It's nice to have somebody that just teaches a systematic lesson on it. But go through and read. Look up the Strong's. Look up the words. uh, Compare scriptures among one another in other books. And and you'll begin to understand these things. Galatians 3. 
For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But no one is justified by the law in the sight of God uh, is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed, uh, in other words, he's bought with the price. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Uh, we need to understand the law. We need to understand the curse of not fulfilling the law in order to know what we're redeemed from. But first of all, and I'm not sure, I would love to go more extensively into this talking about the Abrahamic covenant because that came before the law. And the really, the only thing God asked Abraham to do was make sure that his sons and the firstborn was circumcised. But his covenant was righteousness through faith. In other words, trusting in God. And remember, it's a type of Christ, the ram in the thicket. God asked uh, uh, Abraham to take his son up and sacrifice him. You know, through the angel, he asked him, take your son and sacrifice him. Well, why would he do that? Because he wanted to see, he, he was proving Abraham's heart. Would he trust me to take care of the sacrifice for Isaac? All right? Would he trust me to redeem Isaac? Uh, because we know that if God says that he wants us to lay something on the altar, he's going to give us something better anyway. All right. And, and Abraham knew that if God had to raise his son from the dead, he'd do so. He trusted him. And it was accounted to him for righteousness because he was a man of faith. That's the Abrahamic covenant in a nutshell that Abraham trusted God, and he uh, began, he put the wood on his son, and he was going to light it, and he began to kill his son, and the angel said, no, 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 don't do that. But he came to Abraham uh, a little, uh, in the same chapter or following there, and said, because I, I, you've proven yourself, because you trusted me, it will be counted to you for righteousness. And God, let's back up a little bit. If you read through Genesis 11, I think 31 in there, clear through chapter 22, you'll find that, uh, you see, uh, the people of Abraham, clear from Adam to Noah on, because that was the lineage that Abraham came from, were, were a nomadic people. Uh, but they were a nomadic people. In other words, they were a traveling people. And God, actually Abraham's father, uh, God had told him to go to Canaan. And, uh, but they were going there and stopped along the way. They had never got there. And then when his father died, uh, God told Abraham, because he speaks through, you know, the father, through the firstborn son, you know, on uh, Abraham was, so he spoke to him. He said, now you go to Canaan. So he went to Canaan, all right? But they had big giants in the land. So he wasn't able to possess the land yet. So he, he went through it, and then he went around and, you know, traveled around. But read that in there because it talks about God gave, God said to Abraham, I've given you, and I will be giving you this land of Canaan. And your seed in who Isaac uh, will be like the stars in the sky, 
In other words, uh, his name was Abram, but then he changed it to Abraham, which meant father of many, many nations. Yeah. So uh, Isaac's seed uh, was going to bring that about. So read that story and you'll understand the Abrahamic covenant that basically God said, I've blessed you. I'm going to make many nations from your seed. And because you've accounted me faithful, uh, I've accounted it righteousness through faith. In other words, he was righteous or made right because he trusted God. That was Abrahamic covenant. Does that make sense? All right, so we can confuse that and, and, well, what was, is that the law or when does the law come? Because frankly, I mean, you have to read through Genesis and then Exodus, when you get to Exodus, that's when, of course, uh, God raised up Moses and delivered the, the, the people of Israel uh, from Egypt and, and it talks about that, but it, it also talks about that in Numbers and in, in, in the chronologic order, you, you can't always understand. But the law was not instated until they were on the wilderness journey and they uh, had left Egypt um, and it was Exodus, which means to depart. Okay, that's when the law was instated. Why was the law instated? We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but it was because of sin. The people were sinning so much that God had to do something to stop them. So we, we don't always understand why the law was incorporated. The law couldn't save anybody. As a matter of fact, the law was just a reminder of what they couldn't do. Because we can only buy Christ through his what? Strength. Amen. Well, that was just a little mini lesson. And if we go more extensively into that next week, I'm not sure that we will or not. So again, we need to understand that. Uh, I wrote this down. Before the law was Abrahamic covenant of righteousness through faith. The law came through Moses on the wilderness journey because of sin. The law was to reveal the sin nature and the need for a savior. The law didn't save. When Christ came and redeemed man, the man was restored by the Abra- was restored to the Abrahamic covenant of righteousness through faith in Christ. And we see that in Romans. Uh, it was accounted to Abraham. Righteousness through faith. That's what we were restored back to. Amen. So people think that the Old Testament law, you know, was instated from the beginning and, and then it was wiped out and we had something. We had the covenant of righteousness through faith from uh, the beginning. The law came because of sin. God doesn't change. He just incorporated the law because of sin. Now, all through the Old Testament, again, you've got types and shadows of Christ, the anti-type that foreshadowed him of redemption. And again, you, you need to get to know those redemptive realities all throughout the Word of God. We don't do away with the Old Testament. It's just that we don't have to keep the law. The law is fulfilled in what? Love. Yes. Thank you. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, purpose of the law, Galatians 3.19. Are you understanding? Galatians 3.19. I'm going to let you out a little bit earlier. I kind of pushed the limit last week, but I reminded Pastor Jay, you always take long. So. <laughs> but, you know, when we, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm the wife, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
but when we get this class over to others, they have to, you know, stick with the time limits, so praise the Lord. Galatians 3.19, I know my place. Purpose of the law, in verse 19, what purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Uh, Till the seed. What is the seed? Capital S there means Christ. Galatians 3, 24. So just move over a few scriptures there. Uh, Therefore the law was our tutor or our teacher to bring us to Christ that we might be what? Justified by faith. So it was taking us back to justification by faith. We were made righteous through faith. Uh, We're still talking about health and healing. I said we're still talking about health and healing. Israel had a covenant of health if they served God and they kept the law. We have health through, well, we're going to find out. Are you still here? Uh, You can write this down, Exodus 23, 25. We've talked about this. In verse 25, Exodus 23, 25, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. Uh, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And we've talked about that. In other words, they they didn't even have to deal with symptoms. If they kept the law, if they had a heart to serve God and kept the law, it wasn't all just legalistic. A heart was involved there. I mean, some people, it's just everything's legalistic. If I go to church, uh, if I cross this this T and I dot this I, if if I'm nice, you know, Missy, if I'm nice to Brian this morning, you know, I really don't like what he did, but I'm nice to him anyway. You know, if I just do everything right, but in your heart, you're boiling. Well, that's not going to produce anything. That's works. Okay? So let's not get legalistic here. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. Well, we know they needed to meditate on the law and keep the law. That's what it said in Joshua, uh, Joshua 1.8. But it says, serve the Lord your God. Well, put him first in your life. Amen. Honor him. Have a heart. Uh, those who love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, the word says. All right? So uh, they had a covenant, but honestly, from the beginning of Genesis, there was a covenant with his man that he would keep them safe, even if they fell and sickness came on them as a result of their sin, all they had to do is go to God and repent, and you saw healing after healing take place, but it was only when they fell. Now, I understand that today, and we've heard this, uh, we live in the cage with the lion. And Satan will come and he'll knock on your door. And really, the sin is you receiving it. You you understand what I mean? You you taking the package. If somebody comes to your door and offers you a snake, are you going to take it? Poisonous one at that. Of course not. Get out of here. God expects us to use our authority by faith. 
in Christ or a redemptive right. No, we don't take sickness and disease. Now, I'm not trying to condemn people, all right? The thing is, we've been raised in a world where we've allowed sickness. It's run rampant. We've had it in our homes. We, we've pet it. You know, we let it live with us. You know, we, we, we've just treated it real sweet. And then... And then we go to church and, hallelujah, by Jesus' stripes we're healed. And we expect it all to go. But we're teaching how to meditate. We're teaching how to understand how to apply. We're teaching on how we're not under the law, but we're, on, we're under the Abrahamic covenant of righteousness through faith. But you can't have faith when you're being disobedient to God. I thought you said that love fulfills the law. Well, it does. And I'm getting ahead of myself. But if you love yourself, if you love God, if you love others, you're going to be obedient to his word. So that's why it's encased in love fulfills the law. Really, if you, if you love God, you love yourself, you love others, you're keeping the Ten Commandments. Okay? Oh, that's pretty smart of God, wasn't it? Uh, let's talk a little bit about that law. Uh, Deuteronomy 28. You can follow along in obedience. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. I'm going to read down to verse 6. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, obedience is necessary. I said obedience is necessary in order to use our faith. If we want to use our faith, our heart will condemn us if we're not being obedient. If we're not serving God. All right, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All right? Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be the fruit of the, your body the produce of the ground and the increase of your hands, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be the basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. That means everything. You need healing in your body? Well, just take it. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 9. Verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Now down to verse 13. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to be right or to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. God's a jealous God, isn't he? Okay. Uh, curses on disobedience. Verse 15. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Verse 58. Go clear to 58. We're going to read through 61. If you do not carefully observe all the words of the law that are written in this book that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you, and that means he will allow. All right? The Lord will allow. 
The Lord will allow you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring or allow on you all the diseases of Egypt. God doesn't have sickness, okay? He allows these things. The, de the enemy brings it. And that would bear out if you studied that, of what it says in the Hebrew. But there's not a word that talks about that. So they use, uh, they actually say he brings it upon you, but it means to allow. All right. Uh, and serious and prolonged sicknesses, verse 60. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the uh, diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid. And they shall cling to you also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law. Uh, the Lord will allow upon you until you are destroyed. All right. So any sickness, any disease, any plague, even if it's not mentioned in, in, in the law there, in Deuteronomy 28:61, it'll come on you if you're not obedient, if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? But we've got to understand that part of being obedient is using our faith in the redemptive work of Christ. We think that, well, I don't have to take my healing. Well, we do. It's a command. When it's part of doing the word, it's part, it's part of uh, using our faith is a command. Does that make sense? If we're not using our faith, we're in disobedience. And then it opens the door to the devil. It may not be, well, we're disobedient to a parent. You know, a parent says, hey, don't do this. And, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And, you, you know, you get a spanking. You have to... Stay home for a week. It may not be something along that line. Uh, maybe it's more, uh, what do they call that? Uh, well, anyway, I won't get bogged down by that. What's that? Yeah, yeah, sin of omission. That's what I was looking for, rather than commission. The sin of omission. In other words, in your heart, is, I'm not going to use my faith. not going to do it. Got other things to do. Well, we've got to get in the word of God and realize that God expects us to understand the covenant he had with his man, Abraham. And he's the father, the, the father of many nations. Uh, he's really our father. You know, God's our, our father God. But Abraham was a type. All right? And we need to follow his faith. If we don't follow his faith, if we don't use our faith, we are in disobedience. We can't just passively get by. If it be God's will, his will is health and healing all throughout the scriptures. Uh, uh, that, uh, what did they say, that, that, dog, that dog can't bark or whatever. Move them right along. <laughs> Galatians 3. Let's go back there. Galatians 3. So we're going to read this again, and I think you'll have a better understanding of it this time around. Galatians 3.10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all, all the things. That means not using your faith, too. That's part of it which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by what? Faith. 
faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed, or he's bought us with the price. He's ransomed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Faith, 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 faith. Uh, people say, well, that name it and claim it group, that, that uh, grab it and blab it group. All they talk about is faith. Well, you would not be able to be sitting in this chair proclaiming that you're saved in Christ without faith. Everything we appropriate is through faith. But real quickly, love fulfills the Old Testament law. We got ahead of ourselves earlier, but faith appropriates or takes hold of our redemptive rights. So faith and love work together, hand in hand. Galatians 5.14, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of course, you love God first. Uh, but if you're loving your neighbor, you're loving God. Galatians 5.6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision fails anything but faith working through love. So really, the only change from the Abrahamic covenant is God doesn't require us in this age of grace to be circumcised. I mean, some people believe it's, it's best to be circumcised, but, you know, I'm not here to tell you one way or the other. Do whatever, you know, suits your fancy, okay? Uh, but Abraham, God t did tell them uh, to have the firstborn circumcised, okay? Uh, and you may ask why. Well, I'm sure we could study that through, but that's not what I'm teaching on today. Why did they get circumcised? Okay, Romans 4.13, the promise granted through faith. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Let's go to Romans 4. Oh, we're already there. Sorry. Down to verse 16. I was waiting for pages and you weren't turning. Okay. Just being funny. Romans 4, verse 16 through 23. Are, are you being attentive? Yes. I know we're reading a lot of scriptures, but are you listening? Yes. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Uh, let's stop there before we read verse 18. We talked about we're made in God's image and he expects us to walk like he walked, to talk like he talked. He expects us to walk like Abraham because Abraham was in his image. All the children of God, all man was made in God's image. And what is it that we're supposed to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Call. He gives life to, to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You're not denying natural realities. You're not saying, well, if you, if you had a hurt on your arm, you're not saying, well, my arm isn't hurt. Right. Yeah, it is. The reality of that is your arm is hurt, 
But if you apply healing to that, because through redemption, Jesus took your hurt, then you call it healed. You call it whole. So you don't come and say, you know, Pastor Debbie, would you agree with me uh, that the doctors won't find anything? Will you agree with me that the doctors won't find anything on the x-ray? That doesn't have anything to do with it. That is a natural reality. But when we put uh, Christ's redemption on the matter, we call it healed and whole. Why? Because our words work power. And as we, just like we flip on the light, and when we flip on the light, that's the switch of faith. It causes the power to work. Well, when we flip on the switch of faith, it causes the power, and it's working on that hurt. So we're not denying that it's there. And and people, you know, and we've all been there, done that. But even we've had people in the last week or so, it happened constantly. Don't feel bad. Don't feel condemned. But we want you to understand, you know, uh, people will call us up and say, well, so-and-so, my, my relative is in the hospital. Will you believe with me that the doctors won't find anything? Well, first of all, my question is to have faith for somebody else. They're not attending our church. Well, first of all, uh, we don't put our faith on the doctors not finding anything because that's a natural reality. But I, I don't know if that person is in faith or not. I don't know what that person's been meditating on. You see, we're teaching you. It's a healing class. We're, we're addressing some things to help you. And we're going to do a whole lesson on the authority of the believer and how you can believe for your families. But you can't negate what they believe in their own heart. Sometimes they're not even going to church. And you're trying to use all your spiritual strength on them because you want them to live. And that's noble. And I understand that. But sometimes we just got to let it go. And we ask God for mercy for our relatives and family. Or if I'm going out of town and at a conference, I'm like, Lord, help them stay alive till I get home. I mean, I'm using my faith because I'm being obedient. You think, well, you're getting off track. No, I'm not. Again, people will, will call us up and say, hey, would you believe, God, that, that so-and-so in my family, the doctor won't find anything? First of all, it's a natural reality that they're sick yeah, yeah. or a disease or something's going on there. Right. All right, so I'm not going to believe God that he doesn't find anything. What I'm going to do is pray the Ephesians prayers for that yes. person first, that light will go to them. Because I can't use my faith. I am not that person. Now, If they're a baby Christian, sometimes I can. In other words, God will hear what I say because they're a baby Christian, and and he will move on their behalf because of my faith. But they're not me. They're not sitting in the chair hearing what I'm hearing every week. They're not going to walk like I'm walking. They're not going to use their faith like I'm using it. So stop trying to... Have somebody else walk the same footsteps that you're walking. Use the same faith that you're using. You can't do it. It will drain you. You can pray for them. You can pray the Ephesians prayers several times a day. Pray the Ephesians prayers for light and understanding. Ask God for mercy and minister to them. But there will be times where God in your, it will rise up in your heart. Stop praying for them. They're not walking in the light. 
Five times you got them healed, but they're not walking in the light. And I have family members like that. So when they call me and they're sick or they're in a hospital, I do not pray for their healing. I don't do it. If you need to go to Helps Ministry, go ahead. But I ask God for light for them and understanding. Light for the doctors. Lord, guide the doctor's hands. Help them. And we're saddened if that loved one goes on to be with the Lord. We're deeply saddened. But my friend, we've got to take the burden off of ourselves because they've got to live their life and we have to live our life. Does that help? Does that help? We've got to stop living vicariously or, or other people living vicariously through us. All right? Praise the Lord. So God expects us, he gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He expects us to call things that don't exist as though they did. In other words, put your faith out that healing's working wherever you need it. You're calling what be not, what be not, healing. You're not denying a natural reality. You're just saying healing's working in it. Healing's working in it. Healing denotes a process. Well, it left in a minute. Well, good. But if you're still doing with it next week, keep staying it. It's working. We took years to get where we are. It's not always going to go in five minutes. There's a lot of things uh, that has to do with it. Now, uh, moving right along here, real quickly, in verse 18, still talking about Abraham, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, he wasn't talking about the symptoms all the time. So if somebody comes to us and they say, hey, would you put yourself in agreement with me? Not that the doctor won't find anything, but that healing is working in me. Because Christ lives in me, health and healing is mine. Therefore, by faith, we agree together that healing is working in me in that specific situation. Do you understand? You can use the prayer of agreement or you can just speak to it. That is your right. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was unbelief again is sin. When we don't use our faith, it's sin. But was strengthened in faith, doing what? Giving glory to God. Just like we started the class, we're taking our medicine by thanking God for it. Speaking it. So the power's working and active. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him. Amen. So uh, I wanted to get into some more things, but I want you to write this down. Isaiah 53. We'll talk about this a little more probably next week. Isaiah 53, 1 through 5. Matthew 8, 16, and 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, 1 through 5, Matthew 8, 16 through 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. Uh, we'll talk about how Isaiah prophesied about the redemptive work of Christ. And we've all heard this by Jesus' stripes were healed. Okay, uh, we're going to learn more about our emancipation 
We're going to learn more about our threefold redemption. And I would like to go back and, and talk more about the Abrahamic covenant, but we'll see uh, if uh, I listened to it and I was satisfied that I, I felt like I went over it enough. Uh, but you, you really have got to go back and read that. You've got to understand the difference between the Abrahamic covenant and the law because people mix it together all the time. And just real quickly here, T.L. Osborne, Healing the Sick, page 108. T.L. Osborne, Healing the Sick, page 108. All that Jesus did was for us. We are now partakers of his victory. We were captives, but Christ has freed us from captivity. We were cursed by sin and sickness, but Christ, our Redeemer, has freed us from that curse and loosed us from its dominion. We were weak, but Christ has become our strength. So now we are strong. We were bound and imprisoned, but Christ has freed us from slavery. We were sick, but Christ has borne our sicknesses and carried them away. So now, with his stripes, we are healed. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 